Hey, you found us. Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. I'm Megan Fanning, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan. We created this podcast to continue the real conversations that we have when we get outside to run, bike, surf, climb, or whatever it is that you do. We love the real conversations when boundaries come down, because really, that's when it gets interesting. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now Coaching. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or psychological advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making questionable decisions, please seek out an appropriate professional. Hi, Meg. How are you doing today? I'm well, Sean. And yourself? Oh, I'm doing okay. Wasn't I? I was one of our listeners said I'm not allowed to do the intro anymore. So, um. <laughs> yes. Thank you for bringing that up. So, they said that in a review. They said they loved our podcast, but please not to have Sean ever do the intro ever again. So, you are still saying hello to everybody. But with that said, if you haven't liked our podcast or followed it um, on whatever medium you listen to podcasts on, please do so. And if you like us, leave us a review, please. Pretty please. Or I'll do the intro all the time. Yeah, tr- there you go. Um, yep, there you go. So leave good reviews or Sean will do his ASMR intro, which is actually the worst in the world. I'm kind of with whomever, whomever left that review. So terrible. I'll do my sexy radio voice. Oh yeah. No, please, please. People help me out. <laughs> Follow, leave a review. If you're so inclined, like subscribe, follow, smash that like button. Yes, exactly. That's what we need. Anyhow. So, so Sean, you and I have been under extreme stress this week. Would you agree? I've had a I've had a fucking week, Megan. That's yep. <laughs> I've had a I've had a fucking I've had a fucking week, Sean. So today we are talking about stress and basically how how work, how we cope, how we deal, how we manage. And yeah. <laughs> um how you how you doing, Sean? <laughs> I'm I'm great, Megan. Crack cocaine. That's what oh, we need. Oh, God. Crack cocaine. Oh. Well, I think that my brain feels like scrambled eggs. Um, I think this is probably the most stress that I've been under, like, in recent in recent memory. So, um, it's it's been, it's been um, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. You know when people say it's interesting? That's one of those words that actually means nothing. Like, it's just a way of not saying whatever it is that you want to say. Because saying something is interesting can actually mean anything. Well, it just fucking, it might be interesting to you, but it might not be interesting to anyone else. Yes. And it's a way, like, it, saying something's interesting can mean, like, it's totally messed up. It's awesome. It's, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. Ask me more. Um it, it's just one of those words that has many meanings. It does. It yeah. does have many meanings. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'm a little, I'm a little punchy today, Megan. I don't know if you've noticed. 
No, I didn't. But you know what? And, and I, I did notice. I'm just being sarcastic. But you're always punchy. Uh, you're always punchy. It's just, it's just to what degree are you punchy? And um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like my brain has been scrambled. So I'm just not as sharp as I normally am. So. Did you see the uh, Instagram reel I shared with everybody in our little chat that we have going on? I did not. What did you share? Oh, somebody went in to an MRI with a silicon butt plug in, <laughs> but there must be some form of metal in it <gasps> because it, it launched oh. into their intestines. Oh my God. Okay. So you know what, Sean, whatever has happened to us this week, the stress that we are both enduring at least that didn't happen in that what what it can always get worse it can it can always be worse yeah that, so however sure. bad we think it is i do not have a silicone butt plug that got launched into my intestines while i was in an mri so okay well, i'm gonna put that on my gratitude list for today fucking wild right like whoo ah <sighs> wow you should, you should take a look at that video anyhow that was <laughs> so is this how you is this how you de-stress well for me running is a huge de-stressor yeah, lifting sure. is a huge de-stressor um yeah that's that's what i do to de-stress sometimes sometimes i just need really good sleep like a couple days of really good sleep and relaxation um but most of the time, that, I, I think that's I what and, I need. Try and get out and run. I'm just right now. My training schedule is bonkers. Bonkers. I just, I'm a little punchy. Like I said, I just got done. Twenty-eight mile loop run from my house with like six thousand feet of vert. Is that the uh, highest you'll? Okay, so to remind everybody, you're training for Western States 100 mile. Now. Is 28 the highest you'll go or will you go higher for your long run? I always like I always like how people are breaking up their long runs. Dude, so I typically don't break 2022. 20, that's typically where and that's where I, I coach still. I like I'd rather you for the most part do like something like a back to back 20, 22, mm -hmm. 18. That's yep. kind of the way I coach. Um my coach has me doing a 28 today and then in two weeks memorial day weekend right that's two weeks from now i have a 16 a 24 26 and then a 14 three-day span that'll be pretty pretty intense but i don't know if i have anything higher than 28 that was today today was a, a big day slow for the most part um there's some bushwhacking it's hot as hades out there man yeah i'm not i'm not used to to 80 degree days yet body has not acclimated to that but i need it it's gonna be yeah, you look, do. I, I looked at the the temperature in auburn for the week just curious as i hopefully watch the snow melt in the tahoe side of things as i watch that weather too um and Auburn, I think, is in the like mid nineties every day. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. And 
and my coach just got back from Canyon's endurance run and it was smoking hot while he was there and he's like, I had no heat acclimation. He mm. said it fucked him. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was planning on doing heat, heat acclimation anyways, as far as like sauna protocols go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the warm weather will help towards that. Cause I do a lot of my running, most of my running between the hours of two and, and six every mm-hmm. day. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. But part of, part of this, as much as running de-stresses me, uh, some of the training protocol and stuff that I'm doing and trying time management is, is an added stressor yep. into the, to the mix. I talk, I was talking to my coach about that. Just workload has been crazy for me. My, um, my coworker and one of my good, he's a good friend. His stepson just passed um, unexpectedly, so that has been an added stressor. Then he got sick, so he's been out of work really pretty much for the better part of two and a half weeks, and so all that work kind of falls on me. Then there was then I had a training block as far as like work training, so I wasn't doing my day-to-day operations and other people were picking up that slack. I don't like that. That's my responsibility, not theirs. But a lot of the other stuff just kind of piles up. And so I'm trying to catch up to that. So that's more stress. And then trying to manage all the family stuff, right? Like it's end of the school year. Right. Like sports teams. Fiona's got her softball stuff, her end of the school activities. Carrie's got 800 PTO things and there's <laughs> family things and whatever. And so, yeah. so as everything winds down to the end of the school year, there's, there's a lot, just the calendar's full. I just go from mm-hmm. one activity to the other until the day's over. Right. Maybe, maybe I get 45 minutes on the couch with my wife quiet at night yep. before passing out at nine and then getting up at five and rinsing and repeating. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I feel that deeply. Um, I have had, um, I had some trauma, um, that, that happened at, um, at work and it threw me for a loop. Um, so I've been taking some time and, um, and working with that, but I know that, this is, I mean, this is the most stressed out I think I've been in recent memory, and I haven't really been able to work out per se. I, I do something every day, if that makes sense. I'll be on my bike or I'll hike, but there's no working out. There's no training. Um, I mean, I think I lifted a couple times last week. Um, nothing, nothing significant. I feel, I almost feel like I have the flu. You know, I'm so tired. And also, I can't sleep. Um, it, yeah. Um, you know, I, I find myself waking up like two or three o'clock in the morning and I'm up for like three hours, you know, and then I finally get tired like five o'clock in the morning or something like that, which, and I usually wake up at, you know, 5.15. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's really it's really been frustrating. I kind of feel like, this past week has has felt like about six months and I really need time to just like process everything 
And I also just kind of want to zone out. I want to go zone out and like work in my yard or work on projects in my house or, you know, just, I like gardening. I like planting. It's, it's very, very therapeutic for me, but I haven't even been able to focus enough to do that. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. I'm also, you know, we, we've talked about this in other podcasts, but when I get stressed, um, I don't eat and it's not deliberate. Um, I'm either completely forgetting to eat or I'm living with like nausea where it feels like when I eat, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw up. Um, so I think that has that, you know, the lack of eating has probably screwed with my energy and my sleep. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, uh, yeah, stress. I'm a, when stress happens, um, I can't eat, you know, other people go different directions, but I think yesterday, for example, Bill brought me a smoothie. They, he and one of the kids had gone out to do an errand. So I was like, oh, great. So I drank that. That was in the morning. And then Bill made dinner at night and I was eating and I realized like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. That, that smoothie was the only thing I'd had all day. You know, I was like, ah, and that actually smoothie and dinner was those that day was probably the most I've eaten all week. So don't, you know, and I don't recommend it. It's just my brain is, my brain's like in fighter, you know, fight or flight mode. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to just keep my feet on the ground, keep my head together. Um, the other thing that's really helped me is the people from my office. I have amazing colleagues. Like I have, I feel so fortunate for the people that I work with because we, this is not something I'm going through by myself. And we had, oh God, I think a number of my colleagues were over my house last weekend, last Sunday, we just sat out on the patio and, you know, just listened to music and talked and, you know, stuff like that. I had another colleague come over today, right before a podcast, and we just sort of hung around and then we went for, you know, went for a short walk and, you know, nothing major, but when, when I am struggling, I tend to be almost like a wounded animal where instinctually I want to just hide and be by myself. That's been my MO for years, but going through this trauma with, you know, 10 to 15 other people has been, um, like, I, I don't want anybody to, you know, suffer, of course, but it's nice not being alone in this. And there's people around that I can talk to that get what's going on. And, you know, we, we talk every day. We've been processing a lot of things. Um, so I am super grateful for that. Super grateful. Um, great work, colleagues. I appreciate, I appreciate them so much. And I'm, yeah, just beyond grateful for that. I get that. I, um. I stress. I eat my feelings, Megan. Yeah, you I can, and I are opposite like that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I just like first I forget. That's the thing. Like I literally because I'm not sensing any hunger. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't sense like my body is shutting off those type of feelings because I'm. But then even when I remember and I try to eat. It it makes me feel like I'm going to just it's all going to come back up. So yeah, I I typically. Most of the time, it's it's. I'll eat something to get just that like dopamine hit, right? Mm. Same thing. Same thing that, that comes from like a good run, that mm-hmm. dopamine hit, you know. 
Um, and that's that's what I'll do. The and I have to. It gets it gets crazy right now with like I said, my training volume being high. Yeah, you can't I, you can't not eat well right now. I, and I can't. And the thing is, like, I have to pay attention to what I'm eating and the real reason that I'm eating, right? Like I said, yeah. if, if there's everything stress-wise, I can't just freaking pile junk in my, my system because it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't. I mean, there's, right, like the once a runner line that if the engine's hot enough, it'll burn anything type of. Yeah, but, you know, and there's the question there is, is, how well do you want to perform? You, the, you know, yeah. It's just the recovery side of things sucks right. when it, like, gets out of whack. Like this week, I was part of what I've got going on. Like I said, I had training and stuff like that. Part of that training was remote. So there was the silly freaking socializing aspects of that that I'm not super fond of. I mean, I work with I work with really good people and I work with a lot of like my I enjoy my colleagues company. It's just. I try. I'm pretty private in most of my endeavors, mm-hmm. which sounds mm-hmm. pretty funny considering I sit here and talk to you on a podcast right? that goes it, up. That is that is so weird for us. Yeah. But I don't I don't particularly like to 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 socialize in in those sort of scenarios. Um so that that just that was just like added stress and then whatever and i ate because they all dude most of them eat so fucking bad and right (laughs) yeah and so so i ended up eating pseudo bad not not awful but just not as not as controlled i guess or as healthy as i would if i was at home cooking for myself and whatever and and that that just adds to like that kind of rundown feeling the added feeling of kind of feeling like crap um so that that's that's what what's that's kind of probably one of the driving factors of what has been making me feel less than awesome my sleep has been pretty good i ever since i've been off shift work pretty much solid seven and a half eight and a half hours of sleep yeah. every night shift so, work messes you up yeah and it's and it took it took six months of essentially not decompressing but whatever Re- homeostasis like letting your body return yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go there for a minute because i think that's really interesting would you consider yourself an introvert because I can say I am an introvert for sure. So by the definition of introvert, getting out and being around a lot of people makes you tired, right? That's well, no, you're like, yes, but you're not wrong. But because I don't get tired around a lot of people like I actually it, it does. No, it, it's, it how does... You re- it's how you recharge when you need to recharge. Do you need to be? alone or around like a core group of people like you know your family or do you need to be in groups and socializing yeah i i like four people in this world yeah yeah and and yeah 
And I'm, I'm this, I'm the same way. And I think that when people are, think about introvert versus extrovert, um, people tend to think introverts are shy and I have not a shy bone in my body. That's not me. And I know that I would rather speak. I would rather like be public speaking than be in a room at a party when I have to make small talk. That is just, I, I don't do, I literally it's in the, it's in the intro of this podcast, but small talk just seems frivolous and unnecessary to me. Um, if we're going to talk, I would like it to be about something significant. Um, but thinking back to the John Harris podcast, which I believe was two podcasts ago. Is that right? Anyway, a couple podcasts ago, I'll say it that way. Yeah. One thing I like about John is that he's so open with everything. And he's always been like that. And I think if you haven't listened to the John Harris podcast, please go back. John is very open about his struggles and he talks openly for the benefit of other people because then people know they're not alone, right? But I'm like you, I'm extremely private. And it's weird that you and I being so private are freaking doing a podcast. Um, but it's very, it's weird for me to put my stuff out there. And we do on this podcast um, for the most part, but I think there's, there's certain things we, you know, there's certain things we don't talk about clearly. Um, but I just can't be as open, you know, as open as John Harris. I wish I could. Um, it's just not, it's not in my nature. Maybe it's cause you and I were raised in these like, you know, Irish Catholic families. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't have feelings, Megan. They're all dead oh, inside. Shit. Yeah. If you, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe you really. So. <laughs> But with that said, and we can edit this out if you don't want this on, you care. you say that, you're like, oh, God, you say that, but you are one of the kindest people I know. And you are one of, like, you feel things at a deep level. You don't let it out publicly, but I know you do. Um, so you may have that persona to just sort of protect, you know, to protect and mask. That's, you know, how we survive, I suppose. I appreciate that you think I'm a kind person. You should see, hear the awful things I say about everybody. No, I know you are. I know you are. Yeah, you're um, right. You really are. And anybody who knows you, like really knows you, would say the same thing. You know, you can put on a persona, you know, but we know. Dad, you don't know nothing. Yes, I do. I'm nothing, Megan. I'm a freaking genius, Sean. I'm very intelligent. I'm fucking smoked, Megan. I'm so tired. <laughs> so I think you have that physically right now. And I have that emotionally. Like, I feel like I'm emotionally smoked. And I feel like I, I want to crawl in bed. I'm also, when I'm stressed, I don't sleep. Okay. But I, what I want to do is crawl in bed and pull like a Rip Van Winkle and like sleep just forever. <laughs> just want to, I just want to sleep it off. And just wake up and um, the world, you know, the world will be in a, in a right place. That's my, uh, that's, that's my depression MO. When I like, when I get seasonal depression, I'm just like, I'm just going to sleep for three days. It'll be fine. God. And so, and I wonder physiologically, like if you can eat and sleep during your depression, they, the exact opposite thing happens to me where I get like tired and wired and I, I lay in bed and 
I'm exhausted. Like I can feel my body exhausted, but my eyes pop open. And then I'm thinking, as soon as my head hits the pillow, I just start thinking about things and thinking and spinning things in my brain. And I can't make them stop. Yeah, I live, I live in a hibernation state if possible. I mean, most of the time I, I will fight through whatever it is to, to be functional human being. But mm-hmm. when I always think back to um, the Rob Crar video yeah. where he, t- where he talks about like his depression, uh-huh. he's like, he like, I'll just be in bed for three days. I'm like, Oh God, that sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to someone today or not today, but this week and I was talking about, what rehabs like <laughs> i was like i was like it's the best vacation you can ever have in your entire life it's it's a solid two weeks with no real responsibilities whatsoever <sighs> i was like everyone needs that yeah no yeah you need to go back to rehab buddy <laughs> that'd be awesome i i feel like i have a lot of things that i could be doing during the day um to help me de-stress. Although I know it sounds kind of insane. I just lit like I've been so burdened with responsibilities about some of the tragic things that have happened over the course of the last week that I have too much stuff to do. The one thing I did for myself, um, all week, um, just me was I went to the record store and I didn't have a lot of time, but Amazing how much money you can spend in very little time. But just flipping through, just flipping through records and finding like gems. And I did. I got I got a couple records. Um, and it made and and you know what I know the saddest part was that so I got these records. It was on I think Wednesday. And I only listened to one so far. Hadn't even I haven't even had time to listen, but I put on one before we were recording today. Um, so as I was telling you, I got, I was listening to, before we talked, Tears for Fears, songs from the big chair, which I just love that album. And then I got Patti Smith's Easter and it has the song heroin on it, which I love. And then I got Johnny Cash at San Quentin. I, I, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I am totally buying that. Hot hot take here. Johnny Cash at San Quentin is better than Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. You think? Yep, I do. Okay, I'll, I'm, you know what I will do this week? I will listen and compare. Um, that'll that'll be a project for me. <laughs> I think, but I think you might be right. Um, I think you might be right on that. I think I think Folsom probably is overrated, whereas San Quentin's underrated. Ooh, and did I? I hold on. I'm gonna. I'll be right back. I gotta show you this. I bought. I think I texted you a picture of this. This is the new picture for my office. Well, for my home office, not like for office to be, not like my therapy office to be displayed. But see, so it's the picture. It's the Johnny Cash sticking his middle finger up. And which one, which prison was he at? You would know this when he did when he took this picture. That, that I think is Folsom, isn't it? I, I, that's what I thought, but I'm not sure. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So I got this picture. And it's sitting on my desk now. And I have to tell you, just looking at him, and I'm thinking of him, like, kicking out the lights. And remember that massive temper tantrum he had? Because, I mean, of course, he was drunk and high, like, crazy. You know, it's before he sobered up. But, you know, he kicked out the lights. And, oh, oh, yeah, just freaking 
God, I love Johnny Cash. Yeah. He makes me happy. Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash makes me happy. He does. He does. He does. So I think I need to go back to the record store with more time to just, and the record store that I went to is such a hole in the wall and you really have to flip through everything to just find these gems. There is, so I find it terribly sad that our kids will never understand what it's like to go to like a music store and get a new album or find, just find something with a cover and be like, what the fuck is this? This looks rad. And put it on and be like, oh my God. Who is this? This is awesome. So before I had a record player, okay. Um, oh God. So my youngest, I think she was like eight at the time. I was talking about records and, you know, and just in a conversation, she interrupted. She goes, what's a record? I'm like, oh my God. Um, the other thing my kids don't get, and I think I mentioned this story to you, um, Unbroken Chain is one of my favorite dead songs, and I never hear it. Okay. And I was flipping I, through the I, radio. I know you gotta mind. say it. it's the best God song ever. It. It's the God best song ever. Best song ever. But anyway, so um I think I turned on the serious Grateful Dead channel and the song was on. And I was like, I'm in the car with both my daughters. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, they never play this song. And I started to like rant. Like, because I'm excited to hear it on the radio. And they just looked at me with like these blank looks because they don't get how exciting it is or it was when you when your one of your favorite songs came up on the radio, you know, and I tried to explain it to them, like what it was like when we were kids and recording your songs off the radio. And they just looked at me and I was like, OK, I'm going to stop talking and listen to the song. Hey, you had to have you had had a freaking 90 minute cassette right because mm-hmm. the 60 oh, yeah. minutes weren't long enough you're mm-hmm. like i want 45 on each side exactly tapes were the worst medium i can't believe they're making a pseudo comeback someone was saying it was no it, yeah that's so not, that i'm not doing that's where i draw the line well because it's they're garbage but i was so one of my neighbors is is a super hardcore punk fucking fiend like i mean I don't, I don't know how to like describe it. I hope he listens to this podcast and appreciates that label. He probably should. Uh, he's, he's a runner too. He runs his, he's, he's, he cracks me up. He's, he's funny. He runs six to eight miles, five to six days a week, every day. Like just like, just Just what he does. Six to eight every day. Like. Not training for anything, no fluctuation in volume, nothing like that. Just six to eight, whatever it Mm is. It's wild. Anyhow, he (laughs) loves loves fucking punk music. And so we were talking about the cassette thing because, and he was, I guess he must have dove into it a little bit. And it was driven by COVID because artists couldn't perform. So they needed to create as many revenue streams as possible. Oh, okay. And so limited yeah. edition cassettes yeah. were were a thing that they could put out and Do make money Do you even out. have anything in your house right now that could play a cassette? No. Did you, I don't 
if you go if you look and try and so there's places you can buy walkmans well of course it's fucking expensive oh please do you remember like using a walkman and you couldn't you you couldn't like bounce no that was a discman you couldn't bounce oh yeah yeah it was fine yeah well oh yeah with the with the tapes but when you had the cds um i can remember trying to listen to metallica God, so it was in the early, you know, their big album, their comeback. What was it? The Black album? The Black, thank you. Um, I remember trying to listen to Black while I was running because I was like so eager. And I think I, I was like, this is driving me nuts, you know. Um, I, remember where, I remember where I was when I bought that. Really? See, that was, I was at UConn um, to when, that, when that album came out. Um, and also Pearl Jam's. I might not have been in high school. What was what was Pearl Jam's album that came out at the same time that with a pink cover? Not the pink. Ten. What's that? Ten. ten. Yes, ten. Yeah. So ten in in black. Yeah, those those were just on repeat on my on my disc player. But that was yeah, that was freshman year freshman year at UConn. I can understand that. The the black album is still a good album. It's not my favorite Metallica album, but. It's a good one. It's yeah. solid. Yeah. I, and Metallica actually has new stuff out now too. Oh, ooh, ooh. We have tickets to go see Metallica. Really? I bought them. Yes. Um, I think it's in Foxborough. Um, don't quote me on that because, again, it's did you, scrambled eggs. Did you buy them on the $25 day? No, we didn't. No, we spent way too much money. Um, but we got good seats. So, um, and I'm going to see, speaking of stress relief, I'm going to see John Butler Trio tomorrow at House of Blues in Boston. So I'm super psyched. John Butler Trio is like a brain explosion of happiness. <laughs> I need a brain explosion of happiness, Sean. God damn it. I'm a little I understand. stressed. I'm a little stressed. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I'm honestly so tired that if it was any other band, I think I'd just be like, forget it. I don't care. But this is, you know, too big of a deal. And he lives in Australia, so he doesn't come around very often. So I got tickets to go see God fucking such such middle class privilege here, right? Um <laughs> so I got I got tickets to go see Rancid. It's Carrie's one of Carrie's favorite bands. Really? Yep. And so okay. we're gonna go see Rancid at Agnostic Front. It's their only headline show. Mm-hmm. in the u.s oh this year so they're playing at house of blues two night set murphy's law plays within the second night they did you get tickets for both nights no just one night oh okay i was gonna say that's intense okay i'm fucking too old it's and it's a monday tuesday night so it's oh not... yeah we also got tickets to ben harper which i'm yep. super excited about so did i ever tell you the story about when we had ben harper tickets before what happened no. okay so Kids are stupid. Let's just let that's the that's the intro to this story. So we had Ben Harper tickets. This is when we were living in Connecticut. And Ben Harper is one of Bill's favorites. So I had that's bought these so tickets. so fucking weird. That it's one of Bill's favorites? Mm-hmm. Why? Ben Harper's awesome. I mean, it's like fucking stoner hippie shit type stuff. I just have a hard time like with picturing Bill into that. Okay. Anyway. So it's his favorite. You guys can you guys can talk about that later. But uh, so I bought these tickets like six months in advance and 
we were getting ready to go. I was actually in the shower and my oldest son comes up and he says, mom, mom, I need a parent. I need a parent. I need a parent. So at the time I only had three kids. My fourth wasn't born yet. And when you, <laughs> yes, when you have a lot of children, you'll, people who have mul- like a lot of children understand that when you're in the shower and kids are screaming like that. You're, and I, I was like, what's the matter? And he goes, Mitchell, Mitchell fell down the stairs. And I said, is he bleeding? Hunter says, no. I said, are his eyeballs intact? He said, yes. I said, are there any bones sticking out of his body? No. I said, let me take my shower. Let me get dressed. I'll be down in a few minutes. So, but I need a parent. I said, let me take my shower. So anyway, So I take my shower and I go down there and my son, in his infinite wisdom, let's say he was probably nine years old at the time. He was standing at the top of the stairs and he wanted to see if he could fly. Okay, let me, I'm going to ruin the story. It didn't work. Um, He cannot fly. He did a Superman leap. I know, I know, I know. He did a Superman leap down the cellar stairs head first. I just, just running Superman leap. And so needless to say, he didn't fly, but he caught his forearm. So from his wrist to his elbow, there was like, he had a, he had a cut. He'd caught his arm on a nail that was sticking out of the cellar stairs. Like, you know, kind of like the, the side paneling or whatever. And I looked at his arm. I was like, what the hell were you thinking? He said, I wanted to see if I could fly. I said, did it work? He said, no. Um, I was pretty mad. And I looked at the cut. I said, you're going to be fine. I got some butterfly bandages and I was just going to like, you know, patch it up and go to the show. So whatever. I was just mad. And then Bill pulls me aside like a half hour later. And he goes, I think Mitchell actually needs to get stitches. I said, he does not. I said, butterflies, we'll fix it. It's fine. We'll take him tomorrow. He says, no, Meg, I really think he needs to go. (sighs) So let me see. So I went and looked and it was not in fact bleeding, but what had happened was, you know, he got this cut on the inside of his forearm in the insides of his skin had started to swell up and over the outside of the cut. So I looked at that and I thought, I still would have done, I'm going to be honest, I still would have done the butterfly bandages and had to do it tomorrow. Um, But Bill was the concerned parent, so we didn't go. Bill took him to um, a walk-in emergency room, something. The kid had 12 stitches up his arm and we never saw Ben Harper. So I told my son or I told my kids, I said, don't tell your brother that we're going to see Ben Harper. Now, mind you, my kid's now in his 20s. And uh, <laughs> don't tell him we're going to see Ben Harper because I'm afraid he's going to ruin it. So I have this resentment, you know. Of, yeah. So that's. Well, I mean, it's only 15 years old. You should try and work through it. I know. I know. I was just, I really should. <laughs> But it was just like, just the epitome of, I mean, everybody has stupid kid stories. I, you know, kids just get these ideas and do these dumb things. And, but I still can't fathom trying to see if you could fly down the, down the cellar stairs. But, um, yeah, it didn't work. Not the brightest of kids. No, no, no. Mm -mm. But 
Hey, the world needs ditch diggers too, Megan. I know. I know. So, um, so yeah. And and speaking of which, I have Grateful Dead tickets from you, which we still need to pay you for. Um, I haven't forgotten. It's just well, actually, I did forget to be honest. I remembered right now. Um, but I'm excited to go see the Dead at at Fenway. Yeah, they just played a couple shows. One at Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and they did the. 46th anniversary of the Cornell show they did uh okay it's a little okay <laughs> I, I don't know why but like all but right they, they, they do you played... think it was just like random and somebody pointed it out so they're like hey yes the 46th. no no they it was they did it as a fundraiser for oh okay uh, i don't even know but they live streamed it it mm-hmm. played on the dead channel on sirius okay i mean they didn't do a set by set creation they played a lot of, i mean it sounds like Dead and Company. It was a good show. Good. Who who was with them? What do you mean? Like who was singing? Was it um, was it John Mayer? Who did yeah, they have? Yeah, it was John and Bob. Okay. And uh, Phoebe uh, Bridgers was she with them? No, John 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 Bob, and then uh, Otel sang. Okay. Uh, also. Okay. And, and I don't know if you know this, but uh, but um. Bill is not drumming with them. It'll be Jay Lane that'll be Mickey and Jay. Why? Uh, I think because Bill wants to play faster and Bobby wants it slow. Hmm. Okay. It's all right. The Dead and Company is drastically slower. Yes. Yeah. And that's probably people's. Well, I mean, that's probably one of people's complaints. However, I really think it allows John Mayer to interweave fucking magic between Bobby's like fucking amazing really? chord changes. Yeah, because okay. when they're playing faster, the chord changes happen, so they're much more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's and that was like one of, I think Sam actually brought it up on maybe on the podcast. Maybe it was me and Sam. Just I think it was somewhere else that it was Jerry used to get like frustrated with like Bob's like chord changes and cause he couldn't like noodle over him. Yeah. We were talking about that on one of the podcasts. Was it the, it was, I don't know. It wasn't the music podcast. I don't think, oh. I don't know. I can't remember, but anyway, I don't know. Somebody can, somebody that's listened to the podcast recently can. So I don't know. If, I don't know if any arborists listen to this fucking podcast, <laughs> but I got, I got a second fucking question here for arborists. <laughs> okay, go back to the prior episode if you don't get the arborist joke. Oh fuck! So for real though. <laughs> God, I was dying. So for real. <laughs> On my run today, and it's it's not just today, but it's this time of year. All the fucking pine trees, every like dead limb is now like creeped down i don't know why they are all fucking you, you know what down. in in all seriousness do you run with your hat on in the the thing forward okay that makes it harder too so a lot of times when i'm running if and, and it sounds kind of stupid but if i'm in a extremely wooded area i flip my hat around backwards because if i have my head down i can't see over the bill of the hat is that what it's called 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't see over that and I will bang my head on stuff. Yeah. But it, this wasn't me banging my head. This is just like the, the branches of pine trees, specifically pine trees where there's no needles on them. They're dead and dry. Are they creep, they creep down and they encroach upon the trail. And it's this time of year. And I'm not sure if it's always this time of year or if it's specific because we've had a lot of rain and I was it's just dry, gonna say, I, or I think it's, it's I think it's this time of year, but it's also because we've had a lot of rain because that that sounds really familiar. So if know. we have an arborist here that listens to the podcast, <laughs> throw it in the comments so I know what the fuck is going on. Oh yes, because you know <laughs> God, I can't even. Point. all I wanted to can't just, even just all <laughs> fucking small right the you ever have those runs right so like you said today was a long run and i'm punchy because of it but it was just like a billion just annoying fucking things like yeah. the trees were like all everything's mm -hmm. it's springtime so everything's encroaching upon the trails and the people haven't gone out and done trail work so there's deadfall everywhere there's like sh and it's and i ran a route that i don't typically run so it's unfamiliar to me as far as what where like the deadfall is and you got it. You got it done. That's but, it. Yeah. yeah. Got it done. There are some runs that just suck. Others that are just absolutely golden. And you never know what you're going to get. But we have black flies up here now. Did, did, did oh, you? Yeah. Get... I fucking hate black flies. We don't have them right now. God. You, I was, they will I was, eat you alive. I was out in our training for last week was up in Manchester. And I did run just outside of Manchester. There's, it looks like there's some mountain bike sanctuary trails. Anyhow, I, I found a loop that I did kind of a, a couple times to get 10 ish miles in, um, early in the morning before training. And because I think it was so early in the morning, there was no, I I'm in Manchester might not be as invaded with the black flies as they are right where you are. I know in the whites, it gets, fucking horrible around this well, yeah time. and i'm i'm you know a little you know it's a little over an hour you know to to whites so yeah but there was it was it was pretty clean no issues manchester's a weird town yes, heroin heroin is a huge problem in your state speaking of which you know yeah, well okay, I mean, did i tell I, you the story about when i was on my way to rock the ridge no okay so and that was in, that's what, do me a favor and just look up the town. Oh, New Paltz, New Paltz, New York, right? So we drove up that morning, okay, um, the the friend that was careering for me. And, um, and so by the time we were starting to get into New York, and New Paltz, New York is, is rather rural, okay, I had to pee so badly, like to the point that I thought my bladder was going to explode. And I really, I mean, it there was nothing and there was nothing open because it was so early. And so we finally saw like a 24 hour gas station. So pulled in and I'm dressed, I'm ready. I'm ready to run. Okay. I have all my, you know, have my gear on for the day. And there was a family that went in before me and they were using the bathroom. So I walked and it was one of those like that you have to get the key from the outside. Okay. And so I walk in and 
I said to the guy, I said, I'm just going to use your bathroom. I said, but there's a family out there. So I'll just grab the key after them and bring it back into you. Cool. And he looks at me and he goes, no, not you. I was like, I kind of actually like looked like what? He goes, not you. I don't want your kind in here. And I'm thinking like redheaded runners. (laughs) I was like, excuse me. I go, I'm just going to use the bathroom. Like, and he goes, no, he goes, you people. And this was a rant. He goes, you come into my bathrooms and you use your heroin, you use your drugs, you pass out on my floor, I call the police, you leave your paraphernalia, and you, you don't use my bathroom. You're an addict. Find another place to go. I was like, oh my God. Like, and so I walked back out to the car. My, the, the, my friend that was crewing for me is sitting in there. She goes, aren't you going to go to the bathroom? I said, no, he won't let me. <laughs> And she goes, what? He, he yelled at me because he didn't want me to use my heroin in the bathroom. <laughs> She's like, what? And again, I'm dressed to race. Um, I think I might have had on like running tights or capris or something and a top, like, you know, maybe a hat. I look, I don't know. And I was like, I looked at her, I go, do I look like a heroin addict? Like, is this, I don't know. I mean, I see a lot of, I see a lot of heroin addicts, really, to be honest with you, you know, in at work. Um, but do I look like the type of person that was going, I mean, and this had to be like, I think it was like 4.30 in the morning. I Did I look like that was my intention? I was going into the bathroom to shoot up and I, the family in front of me, apparently not. They weren't. But me, um, you know, skinny redhead in my race, my race clothes. Um, yeah, he yelled at me really bad and I left. Yeah. So yeah, apparently my, I looked like a heroin addict. My coworkers were like, there was a guy in a wheelchair just in the, like halfway in the middle of the road just to sleep. And everyone's like, did he have a bottle with him? I go, he's on fucking heroin or fucking oxy or fentanyl. Like he's not, he's nodding off. He's not drunk. Like you guys... And then I realized that Connecticut doesn't have the same heroin problem that fucking New Hampshire does. Yes. Yeah. I was like, it really, and it, it, it was wild. I was, I mean, and I, and I grew up around where I grew up in, in the town I grew up and I, I grew, grew up around it. So it's not, it was nothing shocking to me, but it was like, oh, you guys like really don't understand what goes on in Areas that are like economically depressed, and Man- Manchester is not super economically depressed. I'm sure there is a lot of economic blight in that area, and there was there, there is. Mm-hmm. And I know that there was a large push for the when Oxy became the the thing of choice. There became a huge fucking issue in New Hampshire for whatever reason. I guess live free or die. I don't fucking know, but. Manchester is a huge spillover from the Boston. So like it's a, it's essentially a Boston suburb at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a cool area. There was, there was a lot, I mean, there was a lot of stuff, it, but yeah, there was definitely that vibe there. And I was like, Oh, this is, yeah. I know this vibe, but my coworkers, no clue. Fucking rural white dudes from fucking Connecticut. It must, must be nice to just be <laughs> so oblivious. I like that seems like a really nice privilege right now, you know. <laughs> it was like, oh, Fox News didn't tell you about this, huh? Yeah. 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 Anyhow, so, that yeah. was 
That was that. So yeah, that yeah. So I apparently look like a heroin addict, but um, yeah, and I got yelled at. Too skinny, <laughs> Megan. I know. I can't Too help skinny. it. Um, my grandfather used to say that to me. Did I ever tell you that story? My my pop up um, when I was a kid because I stopped eating meat. I think when I was fifteen years old, and I really even before that I didn't eat it. I just ate it because my you know your parent my parents forced me to. That's how we grew up, right? You know you eat, get what you get. You don't get upset, right? Um, but anything I ever said to my pop up, like if I ever said any complaint, I would be like, oh yeah, it's God, it's really cold outside today. I'd be like, because you're because you're too skinny and you don't eat meat. <laughs> or I'd be like, or I'd be like, oh man, I miss my favorite show on TV. Be like, oh, it's because you're too skinny and you don't eat meat. Like no matter any complaint that I ever said, it was always you're too skinny and you don't eat meat. <laughs> I miss my pop-up. It just, it, it always cracked me up. I'm like, pop-up, that doesn't even make any sense. It's like, still, it's true. All, all the time, my coworkers tell me I'm too skinny. They're like, "You're too skinny." Well, when you when you train, you get you get really thin. But it's just what you're. It's all the cardio you're doing, and you're a guy, so that's what happens. But you also like if you if you stopped running and you walked by a weight bench, your muscles would go bloop. Whereas me, like I get stronger, but I don't ever really get. I, I've never gotten bigger. I've been the same. I've been the same size. You know, I think since I was 16 years old. So yeah. I look pretty good naked right now, Megan, for a 40. Uh, well, I will take your man. I will take your word for that, dear. I'm I'm not in bad shape right now. My I I joke with my wife. I'm like, I got this huge belly. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you fucking don't. And I was like, look at it. And it's just because like, there's just a a little little layer of just. Just grease right there. Just yeah. a little layer of grease. I think that's I think that's probably that's a good way of describing me right now too. Because again, when I get stressed, I will lose weight so quickly, but it's not a good way to lose weight. I start losing all the muscle and all the definition I have, and I just you know. But I, given that I have some time over the summer, I've planned some really cool adventures. I think I am going to go to Infinitus. Um, I am going to do one of the races. In that if anybody hasn't um, hasn't checked out Infinitus, um, it's coming up at the end of May and it's um, the Endurance Society. Um, so just Google that. Who's, but I'm gonna, who's, who's co-race directing it with Andy? Is Will doing it or is Perm doing it? No clue. Perm. Um, no clue. I've been I've been in a bubble. I've been in a stress bubble. So um and then I've also planned a bunch of really cool hiking things around the whites that I haven't done before. Um, so, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun once I can just get out of my own way um, and just, you know, literally get my feet back on the ground. Is there, someone was talking about a hiking challenge in the whites. It's not the 48. It's like the, 25 most dangerous hikes in the world. Oh, it's the terrifying, it's the terrifying, terrifying 25. Or 27 so, or whatever it is. Hold on a minute. I think it's 25. Because I've actually done a bunch of them. Hold on. And there's a group on Facebook too. Terrifying 25. I think it's 25. Terrifying 25. Um, so it's, it's the whites. Um, 
Yeah, it is the 25, the terrifying 25. And it's just a number of climbs in the whites that are just sketchy, you know, where you have to climb up rock faces or ladders. Um, I have actually done a number of them without, I mean, for, I didn't know the terrifying 25 was a thing until like two years ago when I just happened to see the group on Facebook. Um, but yeah, it's just sketchy climbs. So, but you've probably done a number of them. Um, if you've been up in the whites, you haven't done any of them. I don't know. I don't know what they are, but I haven't done, I just haven't done a ton of stuff in the whites. Like I've done, oh, yeah. okay. I've done Mount Washington via the, the toll road. Uh, I've um, up and down. I've done the Pemi loop. So you've gotten a number of the peaks there. I've done um, some stuff on the Pisca 50k route, whatever mm-hmm. that, whatever's on that. I don't even know if there's whites on that, but just in, that's. I don't think I so, to be honest. Um, um, but yeah, so it's um, so I'm planning a couple adventures. That's and, stuff on Jigger Johnson. Yeah, I mean, but you know what the cool thing is, is that because I'm not really training for anything, it's just nice to know that I'm going to go out and do this and I can go as fast or as slow as I want to. Like, I can literally just see how I feel and um, it is what it is. You know, I'm not, no, no stress. And, uh, well, when I'm up there, <laughs> no stress. But, um, but yeah, so I will, I will find a way to... Uh, to, you know, to move past this tragic week that, that we've had, but, um, you know, it'll take a little while. Yeah, it's all right. Keep, yeah. plot, keep plotting forward, one foot mm-hmm. in front of the other. Yeah. See, same way you get to the finish line of a race. Exactly. Yeah. You, don't, you want to get to the finish line here too quickly. <laughs> all right, so you picked a song, and I have no clue what it is. I did pick a song. What you got? So I don't know why. And it's funny because you brought it up sort of today. Did I? Uh, yeah, because I I get in weird music rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about songs that I like I remember my one of my friends growing up, he had like he had a CD player and just picking up different songs and he had different albums. I like, I just very like specifically remember him having certain albums that we would listen to that I would never buy, but kind of liked. And, Mm -hmm. and you would like, your friends would have kind of that whole thing. Like maybe someone was like into Pearl Jam or maybe someone was into REM or whatever. And you, Mm -hmm. they might have some, some stuff on that. And so I started kind of like compiling a little playlist that existed in that time frame. Ooh, and, that could be good. And so I, I was kind of having some fun with that. And I think probably one of the one of the most underrated I don't know, it's probably not the most underrated bands, but just a fucking a underrated band from that time frame is Hole. And, oh yeah. And ah, I, absolutely. And I, and I fucking and I love like a lot of the tracks that Courtney Love put yeah. out. And I know she she's she's a fucking mess, but like whatever. It's great. I mean, yeah. Oh, I love oh yeah. No, I'm with you. So so I, I chose Violet by Hole. Oh, ooh, that is that's a good one. So 
Love it. And you know yeah. what's interesting is that that song is on my one of my playlists. Like I have a couple different like workout playlists and that that song's on one of them because it makes me love that song. Makes me happy. Makes me energized. It is a fucking it is a killer track. So, yeah. Did you ever see her? Okay, what was that movie about the guy from Penthouse? Larry Larry Flint? Yeah, did you see her? The people against Larry Flint? Yeah, did you ever see her performance in that movie? Uh, She was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, who knew? Um, Definitely a good, you know, good movie. But yeah, she she was she was quite impressive. Yeah, Woody Harrelson plays Larry Flint, doesn't he? In that. Mm Hmm. And actually. I heard um, on all uh, the Moth podcast. Um, Do you ever listen to that? Just storytelling. Okay. Um, I think it was one of the original band members from Hole. Hole was touring again. And they had, um, anyway, she was talking about basically being our age and touring with kids that are like in their 20s. It, It was, it was really, really an interesting Interesting story, but anyway, yeah, we'll listen to your song. Right on. So, um, as I mentioned, please do us a favor. Um, follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you ever have things that you want us to talk about, uh, subjects, questions you have, you can reach out to me or Sean. Um, and, yeah, that's that's all I got. Anything else I need to promo? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll, go, we'll just listen. Go meet Megan Person at Infinitus. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what race I'm going to do. Um, it was a bit of a stress reaction. Um, stress reaction this week. I said, oh, what the hell? Why not? You know? So, I'll be there. Right on. All right, later, Sean. Take it easy, Meg. And all the stars are just like little fish. You should learn when to go You should learn how to say no Violent, more violent. Yeah, I'm the one.